You're listening to Gospel Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Well, recently we have started a new sermon series at our church going through the book of Ephesians, titled Grace to You and Peace, um, which is from the greeting in Ephesians. Um, so as we start this new series, on Sunday, we uh, we thought it would be perfect timing also to start a new series in our podcast, kind of discussing some of the things that are happening in Ephesians, because Ephesians, quite honestly, is a book that is just jam-packed full of theology. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you start even just with that greeting. I mean, you could spend an entire sermon on that greeting, mm-hmm. grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, and just to interrupt you. Yeah, interrupt. <laughs> That's a great way to start, <laughs> just interrupting. I, I actually, I haven't um, necessarily worked through this 100%, mm. but I, I do wonder, because there's, there's various places in Ephesians that talk about the outline and yeah. the flow of the passage, but grace to you and peace is, um, and the reason why I chose that as the, the sermon or the series uh, title is, it, it is a good outline of the book in the sense where uh, we, ex- we read of grace. I mean, what a in mm. one word, the first three chapters is this unfolding of extravagant grace. And then, uh, interestingly, in verses four or chapters four through six, you have peace. Uh, what it is that God takes um, brokenness and rebuilds us um, mm. in the image of Christ and a fullness and a sense of rest mm-hmm. we like to talk about here yeah. um, so uh, and and that is just um, if we this past week we spent some time talking about discouragement and I think that's kind of the framework of our um, conversation today is how Ephesians fits into fr- in, into discouragement but just even those words that God's yeah. grace to us like grace to you mm-hmm. and then peace and then from um, God our Father the Lord Jesus Christ and then he just starts talking about God, our Father, mm. the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace. And you're hoping to unpack more of these themes in a deeper way. Is it on Wednesday night yeah. or Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights? Yeah, Wednesday nights. Uh, what, what we found or what I found in preaching is you just, well, we've talked about, <laughs> like we've talked about election. We've talked about yeah. being chosen. Uh, we've talked about redemption. Uh, we've talked about calling. Um, faith, all of these uh, profound foundational truths, but we kind of, uh, we speak about them, and then we apply them, and then but we have to move on um, yeah. to so, so that they're also seen within their context. So on Wednesday evenings, uh, beginning not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, uh, we're going to begin a, a six-week series on just some of the theology of Ephesians. And so the, the, the that Wednesday night, we're going to talk about uh, election and, and faith, really, and uh, God's sovereignty, God being God, and uh, human responsibility. And the Bible, we have a very difficult time doing this, but the Bible holds them in perfect balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, both are true. Uh, and sometimes we emphasize one over the other. Yeah. Uh, but God, when, when he speaks about them, um, you cannot walk away thinking, well, okay, I just have to wait for God to move. I want to. I, I desire to believe, 
And at the same time, when you believe, you can't walk away from that saying, well, um, I somehow chose on my own. There was something in me that desired this more so than another person. This must be the work of God. So even in a sense, experientially, uh, how it unfolds in our life, um, we, we see this balance. It's just sometimes how we talk about it. Yep. Uh, we heavily mm-hmm. emphasize one or the other, um, and then you end up in these two sides. Uh, but you put the two sides together, they probably balance one another out fairly, fairly well. And quite honestly, traditionally, um, there's been a lot of um, maybe, um, dare I say, drama, I guess, around trying to understand those those concepts for uh for some churches that might um teach something um more on the man's free will side and less on the god sovereignty side or even vice versa but what we're seeing is that there's less and less of that kind of battle taking place and more of a holistic understanding of god's sovereignty and man's free will um and how the scripture lays it out and and i mean ephesians doesn't hold back he just what is it, verse 3? He just comes yeah. out, he just starts coming out with it. Yeah, verses 3 and 4, he, he just, to discourage people, he says, we're, we're going to talk about spiritual blessings mm-hmm. um, in, in the heavens in Christ, so they're secure. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he starts, um, he chose us, and then he predestined us to be adopted. So it's very personal, predestination is very personal. But then, as we saw this past Sunday, uh, he goes to verse um, 13, and he talks about when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you also believed. So you heard um, the word of truth. You heard the gospel of your salvation. Um, you also believed. So you have the human responsibility side there where um, the gospel is preached. They heard. They believed. And we also see that the Holy Spirit was part of that as well. And we were sealed, and there's a, a down payment until the redemption of uh, the coming of Christ. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing, um, and and that's that's what uh, that that's why we need scripture, and um, in in that sense, biblical theology, and the, the not just explaining what election and uh, human responsibility are. Mm-hmm but election and human responsibility in the way that they were written in a passage like this that helps us maintain, yeah. maintain a balance. Yeah, because it is, it is very balanced. And mm-hmm. as you said, he, he just flushes this out. But, um, but I think sometimes we can get so, so stuck on you know, trying to understand something intellectually like, like that and miss out on the fact that Paul is writing this very pastorally. And like, yeah. you, like you were talking to a discouraged people. Yeah. Like there's a point behind talking about election and human responsibility and these things um, is because it becomes a tremendous comfort mm-hmm. and a trem- tremendous courage yeah. for the believer in the midst of whatever might yeah. be happening. Yeah, Byron, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, I just I just thinking that somebody comes up to you who's discouraged and you say, hey, let me talk to you about predestination. <laughs> Or let me talk to you about, you know, chosen or redemption um, or the word of truth uh, or this mystery that was revealed or, um, you know, the plans of God that everything is working in agreement with the mm. purpose of his will. Uh, he just brings us to a surprising place to, to deal with our discouragement. Even just knowing the, the affirmation of Paul being able to say, when you hear 
the gospel, the word of truth, um, just how he describes that, and then he says, you believe. Um, th that's, that's been our experience, and uh, that in discouraging times can be a tremendous encouragement. Paul's sitting in a prison, and this is, this is his encouragement. I think so much of his attitude does come out in terms of he's talking from his own experience as well. Mm -hmm. We talked about this earlier today that he's got this incredible ability to look on the bright side, mm -hmm. to see the good, to choose to focus on the good, which obviously he tells us to do. Think on these things that, that are pure, excellent, good, you know, worthy. And so when somebody is preaching to try to take advantage and make him look bad, he says, well, I, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just glad to preach the gospel. And here, he could obviously be very discouraged mm -hmm. if he focused on, well, I can't go out and do what I want to do here or here or here. But no, he's seeing God's purposes in it and trying, showing them that they too can be encouraged in the midst of feeling discouraged these bigger things are there that can give us hope and joy and stability and give us that confidence that maybe we don't feel at the moment and we don't see it but the truth is still there so i i love it the way he he talks about so often it seems that it becomes an issue, like take predestination or election. It becomes an issue that people can argue about. And sometimes it because something becomes a club and they're just sort of bashing away at each other and nobody's really listening to each other anymore. And you think, really, do any of us congratulate ourselves on how wise we are that we figured it all out mm -hmm. and God's so lucky to have us on it? his team you know mm -hmm. we don't do that mm -hmm. we recognize that oh we thank god and it's so practical it's like no one really disagrees with that but depending on how you phrase it you get accused of well you're teaching this false gospel or you're making us into pawns or yeah. well you're taking all the credit and mm -hmm. how about listening to each other yeah. if we listen to what paul says it's not nearly so extreme and it's not irrational. It just puts the responsibility that, yeah, we can't slough it off. We have a responsibility to believe and to act. And yet at the same time, God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why we one, one of the things we encourage is uh, discussion. Yeah. Like s some people are going to struggle with this. And yeah. there's a certain sense in which we all struggle with these things because they, they never – they're never ultimately explained to our satisfaction. Like how exactly are these held in balance? Um, and yet they are throughout the entirety of Scripture. And uh, to be able to um, discuss these things, to be able to work through them, because as Tyler mentioned, they, they, are, they do bring a tremendous amount of comfort to our life. I do like what you said. It's, it's very interesting how Paul had this, seemingly this ability to be in prison and yet he starts talking about God's rich blessings and that's just how he viewed life and that's what we didn't get to this 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 um, past Sunday morning and it's where we're going to head this Sunday morning but that's why Paul's prayers in verses 17 and 18 are, are so amazing because <laughs> uh, verse 17 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he basically takes all of verses uh, 1 through 16, and he says, I pray that you're going to get this, that you're, um, and then be able to apply it into your life. But interestingly, verse 18, um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, some Old Testament language. But it, it, it is amazing that Paul is praying that we see God's blessings, even in prison, um, even in some of our darkest days. It's not a natural place uh, we seem to go to, and um, that's why Paul teaches us how to pray, uh, ultimately, that we would know God and um, that um, in, uh, in order to know God, the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. That it, it w- like, we won't necessarily see it around us in this world. In fact, some of the things that we go through yeah. will question where God is. But if we have a different set of eyes in our heart and we understand the work of God um, in the deepest part of who we are, uh, then we will be enlightened to know about hope, the, the wealth of his glorious inheritance, and the immeasurable greatness of his power. So how do we look at this world? Uh, we look at this world with all the promises of God uh, to a place of, okay, um, we can live with hope and we can live knowing that we are richly provided and that, um, and in verse 19, it's not even just power, like this immeasurable greatness of his power according to the mighty working of his strength. I mean, it's not even fair. Yeah, it's just piled up. It's just, yeah, you're you're, you're struggling with human, yeah, piling up the words, struggling with human language to capture just how, powerful and then he goes on in verses 20 through 22 or 23 to talk about how that power works out and where that power is so and all of that is for the church so it's not even just an individual thing it's it's the church and (coughs) i do think um the last few years have provided a a tremendous amount of discouragement for believers and sometimes you even hear we were talking three four about you know just running into people who everything is so dark everything Mm. is so Mm -hmm. Um, it's just discouraging. Negative. Negative. Yeah. Um, and, there, and here's the thing is the Bible never diminishes the negativity. The Bible never diminishes the darkness. In fact, the Bible tells us to expect it. Like yeah. they hated Jesus, they'll hate the church. They'll hate God's people. But there's hope. There's um, inexhaustible riches of the glory of God. There's God's redeeming, transforming power. And um, therefore, the church stands strong. Yeah. Uh, and as we talked about Sunday morning, like the church is not to be pitied. Uh, mm-hmm. However laws go or however the world goes, and, um, and, and, and we don't say that lightly because we minister to people who go through very dark times. And, you know, you look at the church around the world, and, and some of it's very dark. Um, there's a lot of oppression. And then as we read in Ephesians 6, our Struggle isn't even against flesh and blood. Like we're not even talking the flesh and blood part. We're just talking, we're talking about the spiritual realm and, mm. and the oppression and the temptations and all of that. And yet Paul starts and he says um, that our, our the eyes of our heart would be enlightened uh, so that when we look at the world, um, we see differently. And I think this, and we talk about this too, I think this is especially important for the n- how, how the next generation hear this. How are how are the young people hearing the church? Because um, you know, 
there's not a lot of positive going on right now. It would seem from what everybody's saying. Uh, so where is the hope? Where are the riches? Where is the power? Where does the power lie? And that's what makes Ephesians so, so powerful. And I love you. You also brought this out, but in the midst of talking about all of these amazing things that God has lavished on us and lavished on the church and that he freely gives his grace and his peace, um, verses seven to nine, in him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he promised in Christ. He, out of his good pleasure, gives us these things. Yeah. He enjoys yeah. um, bringing sinners to the point of repentance, but he enjoys pouring his grace and his compassion out on sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and even... I just think at times where I have the opportunity to forgive or I have the opportunity to show grace to somebody, you know, s- those can be v- some very difficult moments mm-hmm. that we carry with us mm-hmm. and find it very hard to do those things. But the Lord is like, I, I, I love doing those things mm-hmm. and I love lavishing you with these things and giving you the courage uh, in the midst of discouragement. Um, and I love you. You brought that out. Was it last week or was it this, this past week you had, yeah, time flies. You spent a few. You spent a few yeah. moments talking about it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was Easter Sunday morning, and and even yeah. I love that like verse eight with all wisdom and understanding, because that's what we doubt in our that God's doing in our lives. He's not yeah. doing it with wisdom and not with understanding. Yeah, does he really know how ugly I am? Yeah, like yeah, and and what I'm going through. Yeah, it doesn't like it. Just seems chaotic and out of control, mm-hmm. and yet God. God knows when to withhold, and God knows when to pour out, um, and uh, just yeah, the extravagant goodness of God in in these in these moments. So, and again, to you know, Paul's th- it'll be said a few times in Ephesians. Paul's in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is not asking to be released, although I'm sure he desired to be released. But and it is striking that you have someone going through what Paul's going through. Um, and I think on a human level, I, I think we can say this, where maybe Paul, the beginning of Ephesians, wouldn't be the same beginning if Paul wasn't in a prison experiencing the blessings of God mm. in a prison. And so the eyes of his heart have been enlightened um, by God's goodness. And, and sometimes, it, you know, the Job thing as well we just find ourselves going through difficult times but boy in those difficult times we do see the generosity of god mm-hmm. we do. his wisdom and his understanding now on sunday you didn't get to your final point or did you no did you breeze over it are you gonna are you gonna <laughs> yeah, revisit we're gonna, it we're gonna that's where we're gonna start this coming sunday okay. morning okay so we won't so let any out yet or talk about it quite yet yeah, it's hard not to because it, it, it does, <laughs> it flows so well because we talked about discouragement and uh, verse three, blessed is the God and Father. Like that's discouragement, right? You can't say blessed is God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. We just, we don't see the blessings of God. We find it difficult to um, experience uh, the, um, the goodness of God that he lavished on us. That's for someone else. And then uh, we talked about um, just uh, Paul giving thanks for what's happening in the church. And when we're discouraged, 
it's very difficult for us to even accept what others might see, the work of God being done in our life, and say, I'm, I'm really thankful that God's doing this work in your life. And you're like, I've, I'd never see that because we're so discouraged. So um, Paul's also talking about community there and the importance of having people in your life uh, to be able to say, you know, I, I see the God's work working out in your life in this way. And then I think um, the, the last encouragement that we'll talk about this coming Sunday morning is uh, when Paul talks about, um, I remember you in my prayers. Um, mm. Somebody coming to you and saying, you know, I'm just praying for you. And then the big question is, well, wh what do we pray? And that's why we mentioned on Sunday morning, there's prayers that we can pray that we will pray, but they can bring discouragement to us because mm. we <laughs> we've just asked for the wrong things. Um, and here's a prayer that Paul teaches us to pray that God will always answer. Like this is a prayer that will never, ever disappoint. And mm. that prayer is, Lord, I just need to know you. And then the overflow of knowing you is having my eyes of my heart enlightened so that I see the world differently. I see it with hope and I see it with your riches. So I'm in a prison cell, and I still see the riches of the glory of God. They cannot take away, because we're sealed. Mm -hmm. um, it's a down payment. They cannot take away the riches of God from me. So Paul in his prison cell, he's like from corner to corner, piled with God's riches. Uh, and then um, this immeasurable power, mm. what God is able to do. In, in the weakest moments of our life and and you know just an example we had uh, someone pass away from our congregation um, and it, it was it was difficult but she was a believer and in that hospital room <coughs> you could not take away hope you could not take away the glorious riches of God and you could not take away the power of God that when she breathed her last she went into eternal hope the fullness of the riches of God's grace and the power of that resurrection and and that she she lived even though she died uh, she lived like we read in first Thessalonians so um, that that prayer is never frustrated yeah so yeah it's it's good oh, looking forward to further conversation about these things as we dive deep in. Now, again, if um, if you're out there listening and you want to join us on Wednesday nights, yeah, do we know the time? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock Wednesday nights as we dive even deeper. But also, again, on Sundays, you're always welcome to join us as well. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, gentlemen. Good to be here. <laughs>